0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now.
0: (laughs) Making waves. Welcome to Making Waves, the Ship Rock podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media family, and one of the fastest-growing rock podcasts in the world. Thank you for joining us for what is going to be episode fifty, uh, what sixty-five, 65? Chad sixty-five. Yes, yeah. Sorry um, about that. No worries, that you're on the ball anyway. And listen, we couldn't be happier because our guest tonight is someone who's become somewhat of a mainstay for Ship Rocks, and quite honestly, one of the hardest-working uh, people in the music business. That's Mr. Jason Hook. Jason, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. So, Jason, you are a well, a musician, guitarist, songwriter, producer, and now, well, I guess we can categorize you as an actor. No, oh. yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, well you're a, a, you,
1: a sexy debonair too. You're a very attractive human being. Well, yeah, oh, I didn't want to, didn't
2: want to bring me on, on of Chad. Well, yeah, that's you know, a, a lot me. of stuff thrown at me right out of the gate. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: listen, I just I, I like to i like to pay accolades where they're where they're due, and. uh we were talking a little bit uh, before this, and you are. You are a musician's musician. You're kind of like this Carlos Santana of the hard rock sect. And, That's awesome. Uh, you know, obviously people know you from your work with Five Finger and from at, with Alice Cooper. Sure. Um, but now you're out doing your own thing, working and writing with other people. Uh, how? How is, let me, first question is like, how is it, do you enjoy the process of, of working with other musicians and creating songs for them? Or do you like working more in a group setting? Well, oh, I love it.
2: I actually love. Uh, well, lately it's been working with anybody that's asked me to work with them, and vice versa. If I if there's somebody that I feel like I wanted to collaborate, I would just sort of reach out, and um, I really enjoy it. You know, it's it's the it's really the the only thing I'm good at. I've been doing it since I was six years old, and uh, now that uh, you know, when I when, when I was in the band the schedule was so hectic that it didn't really allow the time to, to do anything else. I mean, you could try to squeeze stuff in and certainly I tried, but, uh, but, but the band was moving at a great pace and required everyone's full attention. So now that, uh, now that I'm on my own, um, I can pretty much say yes to anything. And it's been, uh, that's all new and it's been fun. And of course I have a facility here at my house where if somebody wants to come and write with me, like bad Wolves was here not too long ago. And, um, I wrote a song with, a, an artist named Dorothy. Um, I mean, I'm just anyone who wants to come here and take a shot. Oh, I did a song with, um, I wrote hero. Yeah. Who is rad, dude. That guy's rad. Um, and the, the combination of rock with what he's doing, its, it's it, we, we came up with a great track, in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm just enjoying the, the freedom, I guess, you know?
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned you, the diversity right there in which you just mentioned. They all work in the, kind of the rock space, all those bands, but they all kind of look different. Now, obviously, you're dealing with Hiro, who, who works in the hip-hop and the rock thing. And then Dorothy, obviously, female-fronted. Yeah. band and then uh, you know Corey marks you've got this angle as well so you're you're able, yeah you're kind of like you're able to that and that's what you look for as you i'm sure as a, as a songwriter musician first is being able to work within any genre because it's just all music at the end of the day
2: yeah yeah I, I believe you know regardless of the genre i think that a good song is a good song yeah and uh, whatever you d- whatever you do, you should do it to your the best of your ability. Period. So if I, you know, I kind of su- feel out what the artist is looking for, and then I sort of try to chameleon into. Well, how do I add what I do to complement what it is you're looking for? You know, and I'm com- and, and you know what? I'm completely flexible. There's no ego or anything like that. It's basically look that section's okay. Let's see if we can beat it. Because we can always come back to that if we don't. We, if we don't like what we, uh, we tried, we can always revert back to what we have. It's risk free, and so I just keep a really loose attitude, and uh, and I can work very quickly. Um, i just you know having d- had done this for decades. It's it's like you kind of can spit out things quickly, and people can choose. Oh, I like that. That one, I like the first idea better. And you just, you know, it happens very fast. And, uh, and you know, my, my mantra these days is like, I, I only want to do things that are fun. You know, if there's pain involved, uh, it's, a, it's a little less attractive to me. You know, uh, I, I uh, <laughs> you know, I want yeah. to, uh, <clears throat> you know, we only get one life and uh, it's really important. For me to have a good quality of life, and that means I I want to do things that are fun. And you know, look when somebody, uh, the, you know, my label and the management team that I work with, um, they've been great because they they send everybody over here. You know, they're like, go right with Jason, and I try I mean, to do my best. I'm certainly
1: armed with like a slew of like life hacks, right? Because I mean, you're talking about starting at six. And if, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it wasn't just like taking guitar lessons and playing. Like you were into, you were being classically trained with like a piano and violin and string instruments and and things like that. Am I wrong? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, that's that's definitely part of my bio. I, uh, I, I, read I, it. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know why some, I don't know why some kids just get um, turned on to music, but for me, it was like. Absurd you know yeah i don't know i don't know exactly why i guess that's maybe back when i was younger um the the great bands of my of that period were heroes and big bands led zeppelin and and deep purple and kiss and i mean it was mythical yeah it was just like over the top those were the uh, the heroes of that of that time period and uh and uh I was fortunate enough to I had some friends that were that lived on my street that were older than I was and they would always bring over these great records and and expose me to all this music. And uh, you got to hear Jimmy Page, man. And I was just like, uh, I was like, this is fantastic. Now, had they not lived on my street or had I not had interacted with them I don't know maybe I would have become a BMXer or something
0: <laughs> you know it's it's funny you mentioned those gods of the 70s when you're kind of you know learning about this stuff but it's funny how that comes full circle where you end up playing guitar for one of the originators that uh this time was it with Alice so that's yeah. gonna be one of those pinch me moments correct oh yeah I've had several <laughs> yeah.
2: I've, yeah. I've had several I mean I I was in uh I played with Vince Neil for three years that's right uh, that's right yeah and that was back in 2003 and Uh you know he was still sort of freshly out of crew Mm -hmm. so you know people were looking at me like dude you're like the new motley crew even though that's far from the truth but they were looking at me like there's vince there's a nicky looking guy and then i'm the guitar player and there's a drummer and so it was kind of set up like Especially when I went to Canada and stuff, all my friends were like, "Dude, like, that's a huge gig." Yeah, for, for a Canadian guy to be touring around playing arenas with Vince Neil, you know?
1: Yeah, it's cool. So when you're cu- when you're cutting your teeth in Toronto uh right and then you somehow make your way out to Los Angeles uh was that your band was that like a band decision like a musician music based decision to go out there and and try your luck at the old slot machine of rock and roll or did something else bring you uh out of Canada to the,
2: No to that area? it w- it was exactly that uh i had a band that i worked very hard on in canada that uh You know, it was one of those things where we lived together, ate bologna sandwiches, slept on mattresses. There was rat infested rehearsal space, but that's all we had. But we worked hard. I mean, Canadians do sort of have this built in work ethic, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky's and David Foster's and it goes on a little bit. But anyway, so we worked, worked, worked. And we eventually got signed to Electra Records and went to Los Angeles to record the record. Uh. And then as soon as we turned the record in, we got dropped. (laughs) Fuck. And that had its own, um, you know, difficult emotions uh, attached to that. So, uh, you know, mostly it it destroyed the band. I mean, the band was just like, we just don't have any more gas in the tank. This is it. This is about all we can handle. This was just too much. But I was like, well, I got two choices. I either go get some regular job at home depot stacking pallets or i suck it up load up my car with my guitar and my Marshall, and just head back to los angeles because i'd already spent three four months there so I, i didn't have any money i just filled up the tank i had a couple hundred bucks for gas in a in a really crappy car and I just beelined it with no idea what was going to happen to me when I got there. I did know a few people from being there for the, the three, or four months I was recording, but uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. But I knew that if I don't position myself in an area that has much greater opportunity. Then, you know, then trying to start over in Canada didn't sound too appealing. I knew if I'm going to really take a shot at this for a second time, because it was painful failing the first time I said, I have to put myself in the, uh, the center of, a play, of the entertainment business
0: when you when you face that failure and you you're not afraid to face it again because at some point you'll get calloused and you'll get over it and you can get through it and you understand what it takes to get through the failures that you're gonna have which seems to be like every three out of five it gonna be a failure on, on certain yeah. things I um, think it's part is, of, it's, it's part of success oh absolutely now let me ask you though what you went through when, when, if, if I'm an 18 year old kid and I hear Jason hook talking about, wow, man, I had a couple hundred bucks. I had a shitty car and I'm driving to LA. Cause this is this, I'm going to ride or die on this one. This is my last roll of the dice. Maybe. Is that something that still people do or they go through or nowadays is social. Cause this is pre-social media. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. So is it possible still for kids to kind of have that dream where they're just, we're just going to pile into this van and drive out to LA with our last few bucks and yep. shit two of us 100%. may not be coming back 100% <laughs> yeah uh, m-
2: never give up yeah i mean you really only have i mean there's an, people can accomplish some incredible things if they're mentally strong yeah and the uh, most of most of when people give up it's because the people around them said i told you this wouldn't work you were stupid to try this in the first place i told you you needed a real job And they start believing that crap. Yeah. I never did. I said, no, I have one goal. That's I'm going to have a career in music and period. And and if you're not, you know, I don't listen to other people. Most of the time when somebody's trying to talk you out of something, it's because they're, they're disappointed because it didn't work out for them. Yeah. And they'd be much more comfortable to see you also fail.
0: Birds of a so, feather. Yeah. You, exactly. So it brings us to one thing that you've become very well known for. Uh, a lot of people indirectly don't know that you were, you were basically had your hands on this was hired gun. Yeah. And you talk about a, a, a collection of hard-headed people. It's the people oh, God. that are yeah, that are within that, that that film focuses on. And A, it's an incredible film to see what people go through as far as like, hey. I'm going to be a session person. Maybe I'll get on with an act. Maybe I'm not. And then there's people who just choose to be that person or, you know, one thing, another happened and it just kind of worked out where they can not only be known for like, whether it's Luther Kerr with Toto, and he can go and do all these incredible things. Yeah. Um, But it's a fantastic film and that. How did that come to be? Did you look at yourself and go, you know what? There's a lot of people like me and I really want to focus on them because they need some accolades. They need they need the spotlight for a moment. Oh, 100 percent. It's very eye opening, very eye opening with like with Liberty DeVito and things like that. It's it's one of those things like shit, man. He put in the time.
2: Oh, 100 percent. You know, there and there are thousands of stories like that. And, you know, I come from both worlds. Mm -hmm. My musical journey, starting from Los Angeles, was playing guitar for, you know, celebrity musicians, if you will. And so I have all that experience and all the stories from that time period. Um, I guess what makes my story unique is the fact that I decided to walk away from that Mm -hmm. and take a shot at being the artist as opposed to working for the artist. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's a much harder road to get your music um, out there, you know? So yeah. I, I'm one of the rare few that did both and had success with both. Um, like Cheryl Crow used to sing for Michael Jackson. Yeah. And she said, "This I've had enough of this. I want to try to see if I can make it with my music. And so there's not too many of those stories out there. But... Um, Um, I think that, that, uh, it was a great learning experience for me to play for other people. You know, you had to be professional, you had to be on time, you had to be rehearsed, you had to, uh, you know, it was just a, it was a great set of tools that I maybe would have not picked up had I gone right from, you know, working in LA to a record deal. Mm-hmm. that's where I think a lot of people get that rush of it. I made it. I have, a, I have records out there. Everyone loves me. And then that kind of, they lose control. They lose a little grip. It's possible that they can lose grip on reality, but uh, you know, I always encourage everybody to, you know, pick something that you really want and don't let go of it. No matter what.
1: When you're, when you're in a situation Like that, you 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 are the owner of one of these uh, very very minimal amounts of stories that are out there, and you take the shot. Did you find that the people that you had stood up for and showed up on time and grinded your nose for did they were they there to support you or or maybe you know I wouldn't say pass the mic, but the idea is like hey I I respect your just yeah okay cool oh yeah I I don't know you know you're you're right I don't know many people who have done in such a great like a verbose version of it too, you know,
0: like,
1: thank you. The, uh,
2: I think it's, I think it's actually in the hired gun movie where, uh, you know, I'm talking to Alice is telling the story of how we were interacting and, uh, and I actually made the decision. Um, I think it was January, 2009 when the last, show i played with alice cooper was at the nam convention in los angeles okay and and death punch was in the audience because <sighs> i i said if you're gonna be there and i'm gonna be playing come come and hang out and and uh, the word had sort of got out a little bit with the crew and some of the other musicians that i this was going to be my last show But I I didn't want to, you know, always exit with dignity. I didn't want to do anything shady. I didn't want to uh, interrupt his business. So I knew that we had a break coming up and I called him. Um, It's funny because Alice is Alice is completely OG from the 70s. He doesn't have iPads, laptops, cell phones, nothing. So, and when I say I call Alex, smart, Alex man. I had to call somebody <laughs> that had, that's like his assistant. I had to call him on his phone and then he puts Alice on the phone. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and I, and I love that about him because, uh, the seventies was an incredible period, but the, uh, but he's OG likes to play poker, likes to go to the movies. That's it. <laughs> so, um, I, I got a hold of him and I said, listen, Alice, uh, you know, you've been an incredible mentor to me. I mean, this is a classy guy and he has managed to file his iconic status and his popularity into a really healthy folder. You know, he's nice to everybody. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't throw tantrums. He's not a, you know, chaotic guy. And so I just thanked him for everything that I learned from him. I said, but I'm going to go and join this little heavy metal band and drive around in a van and take a shot and i think it's in the movie where he says you know i i encourage all my guys you know if it's time for you to try that you have my blessing go off take your best shot i support you and after death punch started to become more and more successful we would Bump into each other on tour, on festivals. And every single time I saw that Alice was going to play on the same day or the same night, he would go, Get Jason, get him up here and jam. Cool. I would always be like, You know, changing out of my Death Punch outfit, go back up on stage with Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I think that's cool. when you get to a point in your, obviously his career where everyone knows who he is, the, he, Alice knows who he is. So at this point it's about legacy, right? Everything is legacy.
2: He is the, he is, he's played, he's played his life. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, he had alcohol issues um, that escalated to a point where he just said, I'm done. <laughs> and uh, he's a Christian and he's extremely generous Uh, He would he would overpay his musicians because he didn't want them to get poached from anybody else. Mm -hmm. There was all kinds of Christmas bonuses and dinners and um, there was all kinds. I mean, he does this Christmas pudding where it's a charity event that he gives back to schools. And I mean, he he is my role model. I almost felt like at one point tattooing on my hand. uh, Remember Alice, because when my life, when I start to get a little uh, twisted over something remember alice cooper yeah because he does it right he's got to figure it out
0: well one other person one other person i want to talk about in that film and then we'll get on other things because hired gun has been out for a while but we definitely want to reintroduce that to a lot of people who are not familiar with it (laughs) is uh with what you're doing now is production and player you kind of remind me of what jay uh, Graydon's doing right sure yeah jay he's a great
2: character jay and an incredible talent and Mm -hmm. uh and he's, uh, I mean, I don't think most people would maybe know of him or his cr- list of credits. Yeah. But he's just like this, well, he was a product of, uh, you know, maybe the 70s and 80s where he was cooking with gas and uh, played on everyone's stuff, wrote a lot, bunch of stuff. There's a great story in that film about uh, inviting Steve Lukather over to try to come up with something um, for Howard Benson, Mm -hmm. and I think it was turn your love around turn your love around right and the story behind that because they didn't have anything and uh Luke Steve Lukather came in and and played something on piano and Jay was in the bathroom came running out with no clothes on saying I got it
0: keep playing you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's one of those great stories about it but just to hearing him having to go in there and save the steely dan song and mm-hmm. all this stuff but so i i see your career in a lot of ways mirroring kind of that thing like hey i've, I've done I'm, I'm 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 writing with a lot of different people i'm getting a lot of, a lot of different products people are coming to you and hey i'm stuck jason i need help on this verse chorus verse and but you also look at with your, your studio there you're big in the production angle of things so it's always nice to see that someone who's been in the game is now kind of working the other side of it.
2: Yeah. It's look, it's, I really enjoy it. I Mm. love playing my guitar and uh, you know, it's okay. It doesn't always work out. You know, somebody comes over here and the assignment is to come up with a song. Um, We'll try, but it doesn't always, you know, sometimes you land on a banger you go, wow, this turned out great. uh, But sometimes you don't. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But if you don't try, if, if I never let fear be my rudder, I will say, I will try. I'll try. Right.
1: Well, I want to ask you real quick before we move into the questions. Um, so speaking of trying and, um, you know, harkening back to uh, your uh, earlier years in, in Canada, you've been working with an, Canadian artist, 18 year old kid by Alex Coles. And, th- and you're producing him, right? Not just writing songs, but you, you're doing the whole kit and caboodle, if I'm understanding yeah. correctly.
2: Yeah, this this kid's uh, okay, oh, look, I'm really picky. Okay. And this is just one of those um, whiz kids that, uh, you know, he writes a song a day. Uh, he does it with ease. He's there's a there's a solid built in talent and, and he's gifted and, uh, you know, and, and I'm you know, it's it, it's difficult for me to commit 100 percent to somebody to try to get their career off the ground. Right. But it really all starts with great songs and great talent. And so I, you know, uh, when I found Alex, um, I said, send me everything you've done. And so he fills up a Dropbox with like 20 songs. And I'm going, and he's just doing this on his laptop. Mm -hmm. I just got so excited about it that I said, I have to, I have to help this guy. Mm -hmm. I have to help this kid. And um, without hyping it too much when, you know, we're uh, you know, I've had him in the studio. I'm going to Fort Wayne to record with him at Sweetwater studio um, at the end of November. And we were, we're already a handful of songs in and, uh, as, and and we have to shoot some videos and all this stuff. And uh, I'm kind of taking under my wing. And, and I told him, I said, my commitment to you is that I will not stop until we get you where you want to go. And if there's some and if I can't get it done and somebody else thinks they can, I'm, I'll hand you off. I'm not going to stand in your way. But I just, you know, I just like to see, you know, it. I was that kid at one point. And, uh, and, and those people cling to hope that the person that has offered to help them is real and not bullshitting them. And so I pride myself in saying, you know, I will, I'll do what I say I'm going to do. And, uh, and then, you know, that, that's your reputation. Yeah. And, and, there's balance, there's, right? and there's some, yeah, well, there's some satisfaction with, you know, if I can get this guy uh, if I can get this guy where he wants to go, what a great sense of satisfaction for both of us, you know.
1: Mm.
2: You know, and and uh, I've made some great connections in the music business, and uh, the popularity of, of of the recent batch of Death Punch songs, uh, you know, a bunch of number one songs. We were the most streamed band of twenty twenty, on top of Metallica and ACDC.
1: That's fucking awesome.
2: Number one, you know. Yeah. 800 million streams or something. It was ridiculous.
0: You, you stopped counting after 500. Um, <laughs> hey guys, everyone. Welcome. We are Facebook live now. Welcome everyone. Thank you for spending your Wednesday evening with us for the next half hour. We are here with Jason hook and, uh, Guys, if you want to catch out the first uh, the first half an hour of this, please check on Monday. Uh, the podcast will be live uh, then on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, YouTube, and wherever you get your streaming. So uh, with that said, we're going to continue our conversation with Jason. Also, if you have some questions for him, please, by all means, put them in the thread, and we'll get to some of the more interesting ones. But with that said, uh, Jason, so you are trying – are you in the middle of forming a new act? You've got songs. What's going on with you and and your – hopes for a band
2: well that that was uh that's been the only agenda i've had really since leaving death punch is that uh <clears throat> i have uh, i'm still working with the same te- team of people at the better noise in 10th street and um it, i just went right to work writing songs you know um i've got 30 35 songs Um, and they've heard a lot of material and they're excited about it. Where where I'm getting stuck is, you know, I've had many singers come through and I'm just really trying to be patient uh, to pick the right guy. You know, they, they were like, just be really, don't be in a hurry to pick your singer, make sure you find the right guy. And I don't disagree with that because it, it really is the make or break element, you know? And, uh, so I'm, uh, that's, that's top priority right now. I've done my work. You know, I've got all the material prepared. Some, some are completed songs, some are just music, but, uh, I really want to find a, you know, a co-writer, a partner, somebody that I have that chemistry with. Um, and then we're both on the same page musically. So we can, you know, I've got the facility. We just want to, that's the only element that's missing.
0: What kind of singer are you looking for, and what vein? If you were to drop a line in the water, who are you going to hope, and it's going to catch?
2: Well, um, I like heavy music, but I also like melodic music. So, and I think that's one of the things that uh, that Ivan uh, Moody was fantastic with, is that he was, you know, he sells his lyrics uh he can sing really well and he can get heavy but you can still decipher what he what what he's talking about you can follow the storyline it's not like that guttural like you can really understand what he's saying even when he's singing with his heavy voice Mm -hmm. and uh you know ivan moody's don't just grow on trees you know so it's, it's hard to find I like guys like Dave Grohl. I certainly like like Corey Taylor. Um, I always loved Adam Gontier's voice from Three Days Grace, you know, the, the, those early records and the power of his and the grit of his voice. But more, most importantly, I'm just looking for somebody that has something above and beyond, something that's magic, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there's a lot of good guys out there. I've certainly had them over here. Um, but I'm looking for something that's magic, not just good. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, because right, you know, we're always wanting to regress from what we just came from. So right. it's you know, if you're if you <laughs> at that point, it's really hard to get in a rush because you are. First thing people are going to say is like, "Well, how's this sound compared to Ivan?"
2: Well, that, that's the other thing, dude. You know, I'm yeah. not. I'm not necessarily looking to recreate Five Finger no. Death Punch. Um, that band is an anomaly, and. I don't think, I think it would be foolish to try to clone it. I think that there, you know, there's going to be, the music will have familiar sounds and elements from what they sound like, but that's only because I had a a pretty decent hand in writing that music. So it's inevitable that I'm going to take me over here and it's going to have some familiarity, obviously. But, uh, but as far as singer goes, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when Tom Morello found Chris Cornell, you got two guys that are extremely good at their role that was destined to succeed. Now, when Eddie Van Halen had Sammy Hagar, they got very lucky because that clicked that worked. But when they got Gary Sharon, not so cool. Yeah.
0: Well, at that point, you're just dealing with these past identities that are larger than life. It's hard to replicate Roth. Rick Roth didn't have Hagar's range. We all know that, but Dave's Dave is and- Dave. Dave is, <laughs> Dave is, Dave is different.
2: Uh-huh. Great in his own way. Yes, mean different than Dave, but Sammy, yeah. did, Sammy had several solo albums, yeah. so this yeah. was not new stuff for him. He had a following, and he, Sammy can construct a really solid commercial rock song. And I would even go to say that some of it was kind of generic rock, but when you take that ability, that skill set, and you put it on top of Eddie's extremely unique approach to making music well now you've got something that's going to be a commercial rock top line to some really unique music and that combination it's like when the, uh, you dropped your peanut butter in my chocolate it just
0: <laughs> it's a so great- yeah uh, yeah that's th- all real quick with the sammy thing i'm sure that eddie van halen was so in awe of montrose growing up and then to get the singer from montrose in your band after yeah. you already lost your original singer that's a huge deal i so, wonder
2: i don't know if they re- realized how lucky they got yeah getting hagar because mm-hmm. hagar was ready to, to crush it yeah uh yeah. when he joined van Halen, and yeah. they and they and that first record was magic magic yeah
1: it's a hell of a Venn so diagram, you know. The idea of how those, yeah. I mean, so you're looking for your Venn diagram, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, right.
0: you're it's looking a, for your Hagar. Exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all about,
1: you know, I have. It's
2: all about having a really uh, developed shit meter. Yeah. You know, it, it's <laughs> like, I've been doing this for so long that I can really see clearly the lines between the barband level guy, the hobbyist part-timer then there's like then i've also worked with some guys that their full-time job is to write and record for other people they write all day like these nashville guys and stuff and those are the guys that i shoot them any piece of music they come back with something that's signed to and delivered ready to go and i'm like man this is fantastic now if i can only find somebody with that skill set that could be in the band because all those guys have families they that's what they did do. on tour they're not they don't want to be performers you know uh
1: yeah, stage is the fucking beast man as you know more than anybody yeah. uh that you finding somebody who can, wants to go and command, and yeah. stand up for the for the fucking you know for the troops behind them it's like that's a hard it's right, a tall order
2: i mean yeah. you it, it you have to you know You have to have some kind of uh, desire to entertain. You can't just get up there and speak like this and stare at the feet. Uh, Charisma. You have to have something that you believe in, some message that you want to say. You have to believe in your lyrics, you know, Um, which is something that Ivan is fantastic with, you know. I mean, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I wrote the song about this. This was about, it's called Burn Motherfucker, and that's this song today. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't care and yeah. that's the beauty of Biden. you know he's just uh he's real you know something's bugging him that's going to be that song that day you know coming <laughs> in my, you know.
0: my daily diary <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey uh jason we had a question from jennifer jennifer wanted to know as a child who musically inspired you
2: well i don't think it's any big mystery but i'm a massive kiss fan and uh, that was really the first over the top rock and roll thing that I was exposed to. So, uh, you know, Ace Freely is one of my big heroes. <clears throat> um, I just think he had a very uh, simple and formulated approach to his solos. Everything was kind of like a little song, a little package, beginning, middle and end. It wasn't too complicated. It all made sense. I, I, I think he's a, uh, you know, underrated. I, I loved what he did and he was a big influence on me. And, um, you know, so was, uh, Richie Blackmore, you know,
0: Richie Is that Blackmore. what your t-shirt is? Is that your t-shirt celebrating
2: Richie? Well, you know what? This is funny. Cause I bought this because it said team Blackmore. I don't know what the fuck it means or what <laughs> it's all about, but I, I well, thought, at
0: least it doesn't say Blackmore's night. I don't know what he's doing with that I'm whole no medieval kidding. thing. Yeah, I don't get the, uh, mandolin,
2: <laughs> uh, the mandolins and the lutes. And the, I mean, I don't get the, it's like the truth you know it's like spinal tap
1: yeah exactly. loot like, is like one of the most incredibly like it's like you go you're going harder than anybody else in the paint when you show up with a fucking loot, and then you have to explain yeah. to somebody like what the fuck it is that you're doing it's, yeah dude
2: it's the, great. They're, they're like renaissance fest all the way home with their <laughs> oh, druid
0: yeah. the castle and, and yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it's, it's great hey let's shift gears for a second so let's talk about this movie that's kind of everywhere if you go on blabbermouth or or loudwire the retaliators yeah so this is your second film that you've acted in the other one was awakening the zodiac and if folks haven't seen that it's kind of a it could be a really good bookend or like at least a continuation of what david fincher did with with the movie zodiac same story kind of premise
2: it's a it's a horror film Mm -hmm. um and uh you know the the, the, the band is in the movie. It was, oh. a, this is a movie that uh, I think it's one of the first releases from uh, Better Noise Film Films, which is uh, Alan Kovac's new company. And uh, um, I really like Alan. I support everything he stands for. So I just, you know, um, you know, I want to spread the word that this is a really cool movie. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of the uh, artists that alan handles in the movie jacoby's in there i've mean, tommy lee i mean there's a lot of really cool stuff nikki six wrote the uh the the end title song and the band was invited to go shoot uh for the movie now i left the band shortly after that so you know i have a feeling that i'm probably not in it as much as i was going to be but that's okay um, it's a cool movie and, and the, and the other uh, guys from death punch are all in it. So, I mean, I just, you know, uh, that's when I, uh, would encourage people to go and see when it's available.
0: Yeah. Hey, so it's still, you, it's, you still have it on your IMDB. So for your next project, you've already got, you know, you're building up your creds
2: yeah it's it's another credit i i had a lot more fun with the um awakening the zodiac Mm -hmm. because one of the guys i grew up with in in school uh in canada turned into this really successful uh director and i mean we knew each other when we were you know eight years old yeah and now he's this successful director and uh and i told him i said i i want to be in a film he goes okay uh let me get back to you so he writes me into this script it's got shane west and leslie bibb and i mean there's some heavy duty people yeah. and it was a sony uh, you know full motion picture sony film and uh and uh i loved it i i have no problem in front of a camera i'm not i don't you know it d- doesn't freak me out i guess the hardest part of that was learning the lines i had a a monologue thing I had to do as an FBI agent. And, um, that didn't scare me at all. But when, when I showed up on the set, they're like, okay, Jason, did you get the uh, script revision? I'm like, <laughs> what script revision? You didn't get the script revision. Hey, can somebody get Jason the, uh, the, the new script? And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to, this is going to be bad because I committed to memory this whole thing. That's now not that thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'm, you know, here I am pacing around a cornfield trying to learn my lines while they're waiting for me to come back and shoot my scene <laughs> you know they're like how you doing i'm like a couple more minutes hold on a second i'm writing it. <laughs>
0: movies must be so glamorous <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but it's it's you know it's great fun i sure. i, I could do i would love to do more of that i mean there are some other uh film projects that i'm working on i don't want to give it away because some of these things do work out that some of them don't but uh there's something i'm really excited about that i'm doing it's another documentary and uh it it doesn't have anything to do with me or the band it has to do with some other subject um but it's going to be super cool and there's been a lot of interest for it it's just a question of you know trying to get it picked up blah blah blah
0: can can we ask is it is it in music or is it in some other subject It's about a specific musician. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Richard wants to know what's your go-to amp? Well, um, I'm a Marshall
2: diehard. I grew up playing. I played JC made hundreds in like the majority of my career. I, I really think that's one of the greatest amps that they made. Um, and that was it's still an integral part of my sound uh, every guitar solo you've ever heard on all of the death punch recordings and, and anything else has been that amp right back there <laughs> now i use a, <clears throat> when i play when i was playing live with the band i would use the evh uh el34 the last version of that evh head the reason why that head is great is because it's very, it's, it's voiced very much like a Marshall, but you get three channels. Mm. And I had to cover clean sounds and solos and rhythms and stuff. So it's really important to have those extra channels. Otherwise I just wrote with the Marshalls. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, Jason. He, uh, thank you on that Richard, uh, Marshalls. So basically the, the go-to for many a great guitarist, um, so you're joining us, you've been on, obviously, you've been on Strip Rock several times, but this time you're coming as a stowaway, yeah. which, and we're talking about Hired Guns, so we're going to have Phil and Nita on as well, so it's kind yeah. of a nice little reunion of sorts. Both very good um, friends of mine. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's a lot of fun, so I think probably the idea of kicking around some sort of Hired Gun documentary showing for folks who haven't seen it yet might be something we have to kick around in the works. Ooh, that would be cool. You mean That'd like be great. playing some... Playing the in the movie theater. We, we do show movies and we do show them in the room. So make it accessible to people. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. 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 It'd be nice for people to get educated on, on what that was. Cause a lot of people haven't seen it, but if you, if you have Netflix, I believe it's still available on Netflix. Amazon, um, Prime, Amazon prime, sorry. Amazon prime. prime, just pull up hired gun. It's really 90 minutes. You're going to really enjoy the stories behind what some of what these people do. And a lot of the success does come with a lot of heartbreak. So, um, Chad, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do.
1: uh, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I have one question that I wanted to... Well, I wanted to ask you something very uh, very specific. So um, with the caveat being that you can't know who this is, and I will uh, act upon this question. But if you could ask next week's guest one question, what would it be? It could be anything... In the whole world existentially but i will ask it
2: and i don't have any idea who the guest is yeah oh boy okay well um what what ins what inspired you to make the sacrifices uh that got to where got you to where you are today what inspired you and what advice would you have for the next generation to inspire them?
1: All right. That's a really great question. And you are number one of this series that I'm um, going to move forward with. So next week, I will say, hey, guess that you can't know who it is right now. Uh, Jason Hook would like to ask you this. And well, okay, so answer- I
2: answer the question from the last guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will turn back around. We will, we, we will, we will ring around <laughs> the rosy with this and, and yeah. be like, "Hey,
0: so remember that thing we did a few months ago? This guy has a question for you. You know, that's, that's all good." It. Hey, yeah. Jason, Steve mm-hmm. wants to know, and this is something that Chad and I we we probably should have asked, but I'm glad it's coming from someone I hear. Says, "What was what were some of your favorite parts about Shiprock during your past sailings? What do you remember the most?"
2: <laughs> well, um, I always had a wonderful time on the boat. We were a little unsure about how that was gonna feel because you know, as you as you start to get your band starts to get bigger, you're sort of buffered by people. People help buffer you from you know being exposed to large groups of people and all this stuff. But so sure. we were like, okay, how is this gonna play out? So we're you're telling me we're gonna be in cabins in the next to all the other uh, participants, right? and uh it it really didn't end up being a problem i loved it i mean i love people so i don't have any problem interacting and and everyone's very uh respectful and uh you, you just sort of submit to the fact that like we're all here on this boat i'm no different than you we're gonna ride the elevators up together we're gonna eat lunch in the same room it's like there's you know it's uh It's a very unique experience in that way because a lot of the bigger bands, you can't get close to them in that way, you know? So that's what I think Mm -hmm. really makes Shift Rock special is you get to mix it up with these guys that you would never have access to on that level. Um, So uh, I'm just trying to think of uh, the last last time we were on the boat, of course, we were, I think we're the headliner. Mm -hmm. So we had the dope, suites with the balcony and everything <laughs> <Sure. laughs> king size bed in the living room i was it was it was really nice you know <laughs> and uh and uh i was like yeah th- this is a you know just being by the water the water has a certain energy and being with music fans i mean it's just a great experience if anyone hasn't been on ship I, I i can't recommend it highly enough you know it's just uh It's a really cool experience, and I'm actually looking forward to it because a lot of my friends are playing. Uh, I'm going to be looking at some singers that are on the boat. I got, you know, 0936 who I talked to, and, uh, I mean, there's uh, Mark Morton, All those guys are are, uh, acquaintances, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: You just did the best sales pitch we could ever do to move Gavin, so thank you, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, your future sales is cemented. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey i had a question this is just a, a just one this is like would you rather kind of would you rather be able to play like and not that you already can't but uh, let's just take it as it is would you rather be able to play like eddie van halen or write like bernie Toppin?
2: <laughs> Oof. well i would uh, you know because guitar is sort of my thing maybe bernie Burn. because bernie was the genius behind all those fantastic legendary elton john songs Sure. But here's the thing Bernie was the lyricist. And then Elton would take the words and transform them into melodies. Yeah. Top line of the song. So it really is the combination of, you know, there's music and then there's the top line, which is your lyrics and melody. The two of them are responsible for the top line. I would like yeah. to have a skill set tied together inside me. Of those two items. <laughs> yeah because they, they need each other bernie would just get yeah. more words yeah and elton would make them all fit rhythmically and melodically into his music
0: i should have I posed mean, it a different way <laughs> yeah because there's two guys responsible for those <laughs> true, true. would you rather play like eddie or be like bernie and bernie and elton <laughs> it's like, yeah i'm gonna think both <laughs> yeah well, like
2: eddie van halen is uh you, you know Also, one of my heroes. I mean, I I really, really relate to his style. It's just loaded Mm. with swagger, and um, you—you won't find anybody playing like that these days.
0: You know? No, no, of course not. A lot of the 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 millennials. So, I'm always interested to ask professional musicians that kind of question. You know, because again. You grew up listening to that and being influenced by that stuff, but now you're at a point where, like you know, I can play pretty similar similar to Ed, and I can I can write some lyrics that are emotionally as, day, as deep as what Bernie and those guys are doing. So, thank you for that uh, answer on that one. I'm always always curious about this type of things. Um, yeah. Jason, we've had you for almost an hour, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah. definitely. Guys, check out The Retaliators, a new movie that uh, Jason is in. Maybe or maybe he is not. Who knows? <laughs> I I'm in it, it, you, I'm you mean you are in it. Okay.
2: It's a basis. But you know, the whole the Death Punch guys are in there. So if you're fans of Death Punch, you, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Sure. We yeah, <laughs> we want to make sure and check that out. Uh, also he's working with a lot of artists. Keep your eye open or your ears open, I should say, for, for stuff he's working on with different folks. Um, We talked about earlier, like Dorothy and he's been working with Hiro and Bad Wolves, So we'll see what comes of that. So, and also obviously check out Jason's enormous back catalog of work that he's uh, he's been part of check out hired gun. And uh, we're really excited about what you got coming on horizon. If guys, if you're a singer, find out a way to get your audition taped to Jason, maybe you're the the one then
2: I'm, I'm open to looking at anybody Uh, best way to get, Excuse me. The best way to get a hold of me is just through uh, maybe Instagram. Send me a direct message. I'm just at Jason Hook, so that's pretty easy to remember, right? <clears throat>
0: there you go. There yeah. you go. See, look at that direct d- direct response. You don't have to go through a whole bunch of folks. So that's nice ah, to hear.
2: Right to me. I'll answer.
0: Yeah, e- excellent. Jason, thank you again. Uh, absolute pleasure. pleasure. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the boat, and it should be a great time. And yeah, thank I you, everyone out. Th- can't wait. Yeah. Thank you again, everyone who joined us tonight. Obviously, guys, we couldn't do this show without a few folks. Let's just thank them real quick. Our show producer, Al McManus, our show engineer, Jennifer Zito, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, and, of course, the captain, um, Alan Koenig. So thank you, everyone. Again, this is Making Ways. We are a Sound Talent Media family podcast. So thanks again. And, again, guys, this drops on Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern, so check it out.
1: Thanks, guys. Yeah. See you soon, Um, man.
0: Thanks for the time. Um,